0: Welcome and thanks for tuning in to the Oklahoma Young Agents Show, where it is our aim to engage, educate, and expand
1: the horizons for young, independent agents in Oklahoma by presenting quick interviews of leaders in our space. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Oklahoma Young Agents Show. We're glad you're here with us as we gear up for our Young Agents Conference in Tulsa. I'm Wes Begnall, Vice President of Marketing with Rock Lake Insurance Group. Today, my co-host is a Senior Account Manager at the Affinities Group, Wrangler of Teenage Girls, Giant Oklahoma State Fan, and my friend and yours, please welcome the unequaled, Julie Hamill. Julie, how are we doing?
2: I, as my husband would say, am peachy.
1: That's great. This is the fourth episode of the Young Agent Show, where it is our main aim to engage, educate, and expand the horizons for young independent insurance agents in Oklahoma by bringing you conversations around insurance with industry leaders and discussion on sales, service, leadership, plus best practices and advice on how to create contributors. Coming to us from our own backyard is Dr. Brandon Tatum. Dr. Tatum has spent his career working in both higher education and K-12. He's the founder of Connect EDU and XR Box. Both companies focus on innovation by creating relevant and vibrant educational opportunities for all people. Additionally, he serves as the executive vice president for Oklahoma Christian University and part-time executive director of the National Christian School Association. Most recently, Dr. Tatum has been recognized for his work in educational innovation and strategy. He served on the on Governor Stitt's education committee focused on personalized learning and innovation and currently serves as Oklahoma, o- Oklahoma Governor's appointee on the Oklahoma Statewide Virtual Learning Commission. He also serves as a member of the Council of American Private Education Commission, the Texas Private School Accreditation Commission, Oklahoma Private School Accreditation Commission, and serves on other boards related to educational quality. He is the author of two books, The Adventures of Grit and Diary of a Lousy Book, and his third book on Generation Z and Alpha will be published in the fall of 2022 by Wheaton Press. Brandon and his wife Megan have an eight-year-old son named Sawyer and five-year-old twin girls Blakely and Gentry. Give a big virtual standing ovation for Dr. Brandon Tatum.
0: Hey, thanks for letting me uh, be here with you guys and have a little conversation. I'm looking forward to this.
2: Yeah, we look forward to going through this and picking your brain a little bit.
0: Good. There's not much to pick, but (laughs) we'll figure it out. (laughs)
2: We'll get there. We'll dig. dig.
0: Yeah, dig deep.
2: All right. You ready to jump in? Sure. All right, let's go. So in working in secondary and higher education, what is your motivation is your family in education? Is there something that this is something that you were called to do?
0: Yeah, I um, my, my family really is not in education. Um, I actually grew up not really liking school a whole lot. You know, I was one of those kids that just kind of made it through and played sports and wasn't going to go to college, was going to be a cop. But my friends were going to college, and you can't be a cop until you're 21. So I thought, I'll just go with them for a while. And figure it out, and then all of a sudden, I, I did okay, and graduated college. And uh, while I was in college, I got to coach at a local high school, and so I did some coaching. So that was my entry into education was through coaching, and just really enjoyed working with kids and uh, spending time, kind of mentoring and guiding, and and enjoyed that. And I've been in the education space ever since. It's looked differently uh, from year to year, but. Uh I love being able to spend time with young people and and you just get to work with them mentor them guide them from a k twelve level now I'm in higher education and uh you know you still get the the mentor piece i i don't I don't engage with the students on a daily basis in my role as executive vice president so i get to i get to think bigger about kind of what are we doing as an institution and when, I love how universities really can engage in solving state problems, right? Like engaging in the state in workforce needs and workforce shortages and uh, getting to do some of the big problem solving pieces. That's, That's what I'm enjoying doing right now.
2: Well, that's kind of right into our next question. Where, especially I'm interested with a older daughter getting ready to look into the higher education adventure in a few years, where do you see higher ed in five to 10 years?
0: Yeah, it's a great question that a lot of people are asking right now. And a lot of people are trying to answer because we nobody has the crystal ball. Uh, you know, higher ed's gotten a bad rap. We've outpriced ourselves. And is it worth it? And, you know... Do I really need college uh, to get a job and to be successful? And so there's a lot of questions being asked right now about higher education. And so I do think it's going to look differently than today. I mean, I, I still think you're going to have many universities providing the um, traditional experience. I think we're going to have many universities that have the, the social clubs and the sports and the, kind of the, that residential experience will exist. But I think more universities will start thinking about new ways to offer the degree. You know, technology's pretty unbelievable in the moment, right? And the way we can communicate content is different. I mean, y'all, y'all pivoted in COVID for, for your conference and through a virtual conference kind of at the last minute. And so many ways we can do that. And so, you know, one of the things that we have done at the university is we have embedded a degree inside certain industries, using technology. So we've we've put the nursing degree online and have put it inside hospitals across the state. And so while hospitals will employ nurse techs, CNAs, LPNs, um, we are kind of creating this virtual ecosystem around those employees and allowing them to work in that job while they're working to become a nurse, a bachelor's degree nurse. And so degreeing the industry, I think you're gonna see a lot of that to where colleges moving into specific fields and and really connecting practical work with this digital learning experience. There's a new word I learned recently called fidgetal, where it's the physical world and the digital world coming together and we're calling it fidgetal. So I think fidgetal uh, will impact education a lot where both the physical and the digital worlds come together to create this new experience for students where they have the practical experience embedded with this digital learning environment. And I don't know what that will look like in 10 years. Virtual reality will be engaged in that and all kinds of different
1: things. But it's exciting to think about. You're also going into subsets of the, of the job force where there is a huge need where people like education and nursing. Is it just because you saw a need in those spaces or was it a conversation that led to that idea? What led you there?
0: If you're thinking about what's the easiest degree to put online, you're not starting with nursing. That's the most difficult one to kind of, one of the most difficult ones to think through. So it was the fact that there's a shortage in nurses and we weren't, we weren't putting out enough nurses. Also was the fact that a lot of university programs are turning away qualified nursing candidates because there's not enough classroom space for nurses. And so we had to rethink the way we could scale nursing education uh, because it was kind of closed and small minded, small thinking, right? So we got to think bigger and how can we scale it? So it was definitely a focus on, Hey, we have a shortage in our state and we want to help our state. And so how do we
1: lean in and help? What would be your advice for young agents that are leaders or are striving to be leaders in their industry? What, what would, what would you say to them that they need to do to get to that next level?
0: Yeah, you know, I think uh, being selfish and selfless, like being both of those things. And so I would say, you know, being selfish in the fact that we've got to spend time taking care of ourselves. Um, You know, we've got to find time to kind of get away from the mundane and the monotony of our, our lives and the stress of our lives and really make sure we're in good headspaces. Uh, because if we're not in a healthy headspace, then our teams aren't gonna be in a healthy headspace. And we also can't uh, lead uh, in, with not a, a clean headspace, right? We can't lead, we can't innovate, we can't think creatively, we can't move forward. And so we have to take care of ourselves. So that's the selfish piece of it, right? And then selflessly, I think we got to be thinking about our teams, right? What do our teams need? Are our teams in healthy places? Uh, What do they need to be healthy? What do they need to have clean head spaces? And really thinking through how do I serve my my people around me um, to where we can all kind of deal with the stressors of life and the realities of life um, together in a healthy place.
2: Yeah, I mean you couldn't have hit that on the head any better. I know just personally right now that is I am having a hard time with the team, you know, being able to stay focused and it's all of the outside factors that's mainly the the issue. So that that is a that's great advice. All right, we'll let's change topics just a little bit. Can you share how you came up with your three books, especially since they're children's books? I mean, I, you have kids, mm-hmm. so I'm I'm really I saw this question. I was like, oh, I love this. Like, I want to <laughs> know because I've always been like, my mom was an educator, and I think she should write a book. Yeah, and so I'd love to know how you came up with this. I'm going to take the advice to her because she could probably knock out some great children's books.
0: Yeah, well, she should write a book. Um, so I never really thought. I mean. I, Writing a children's book was never a dream of mine. Like, I never, like, thought one day I'm going to write a children's book. Um, So it did happen kind of spur of the moment, and so which is interesting. I was actually working on my doctorate degree, and I was starting to try to figure out what my dissertation was going to be on. And at the same time, I had a baby at home, a son, who uh, I read to every night. And I started reading these children's books to him every night. And I thought, these aren't that good. And I could do this, you know, like, this is silly, like, A, Apple, B, book, you know, and I'm like, yeah, come on, guys, people make money on this stuff. And um, in my dissertation, I was thinking about writing it on the concept of grit and grit, Angela Duckworth made it really popular, you know. Recently, of kind of working through, not giving up, kind of keep going, kind of a, a mentality. And so, I started doing a ton of research on grit and kids. So, both of my worlds, right? I'm, I'm an educator. I have this concept of grit, and how do we make these things come together? And then I started realizing there wasn't anything on grit uh, for kids, like teaching grit for kids, and so. Um, I ended up not doing my dissertation on grit. I, I did it on something completely different. But I started thinking through how could we give grit a face and personalize grit, personify grit, and create a story, a narrative of a, a squirrel named Grit and a counterpart named Chicken who's scared of everything, always wanting to quit, and the adventures that they would go on. And so um, I did that, and I dedicated it to my son and. Um, Got it published. And then I had daughters. And I thought, well, they're, they're going to be like really mad that I have this children's book dedicated to my son and they don't have anything. So then I was forced to have to like think of something for my girls. <laughs> and I started asking a bunch of, you know, friends like, hey, what do, what would do, what do young girls need? You know, what, what, what's something that they need? They need grit, that's for sure. But what else do they need? And um, I was listening to a country song by Jamie Johnson called This Old Guitar. And it was a a song about a guitar in a pawn shop. And at one time, this guitar was played by all kinds of famous people and great singers. But now it's just a lonely guitar in a pawn shop. And the song was sung as the guitar. The guitar was telling the story. You know, and now it's lonely. And so Self-Worth came out. And so I thought it would be fun to write a children's book on self-worth and it would also be fun to do it as if the book was telling the story. And so I wrote The Diary of a Lousy Book, and it's the book telling a story of it really wants to be a best-selling book, but it doesn't know its story and can't draw pictures. And so it's a, it's a book that is trying to figure out what story it's going to tell and how it's going to draw pictures and how it's going to be. And so then it tries to be something that it's not. And then so it's just kind of this funny way to talk about self-worth. And then my third book comes out this, this fall, hopefully here in the next couple months, and it's actually a, a grown-up book, and it's, it's talking about how do we uh, develop our children, and we know we have a generation of kids that are consumers and so, how do we pull them out of consumption and into contribution? How do we how do we cultivate them to be contributors in their world instead of just consumers? And so, we're really kind of picking that apart and going into depth about the the importance of really raising contributors.
1: It's called raising contributors. That kind of leads us into our next topic. So, could you give a kind of an insight and in what uh, sneak preview of the dialogue you want us to lead? Us, you're going to lead us through during the conference.
0: Yeah. So really, we're going to be talking a lot about how do we lead organizations um, that are creative and innovative and how can we uh, be thinking about the future. And so we're going to spend time thinking about what kind of mindsets do we need? What kind of mindsets do we need as leaders? What kind of mindsets do we need to be creating in our team? So what's the culture in which our offices have or our our groups have. And then that will lead into a discussion on kind of the past, present, and future of thinking creatively uh, and and with innovation. So how does the past inform innovation in the future? How does the present inform those things? What do we learn from our past? Uh, when, When do we lean into our past? When do we not lean into our past? Uh, As we think about innovation, because I, I think a lot of innovations we think are just kind of dreamed up and come out of the sky and they're just these brand new things. But actually, a lot of innovations are improvements on past innovations. And so thinking through all of that, kind of walking through that, I think it'll be a lot of fun.
2: Well, we were fortunate enough to have you with us during our COVID conference. You know, we held that one completely virtual, uh, side note, we did win a, a, national young agents conference. We, we won an award for that one. Just FYI. I know we're, we're kind of knocking it out of the park lately. <laughs> um, what were you wanting the attendees to get out of that, that day? And then what should we prepare our participants for to be engaged and to soak in the information that they're going to be exposed to in Tulsa?
0: Well, I hope that they don't have to come with a whole lot of prep time. Um, I think I think uh, they just need to come. Maybe this is a good moment for them, going back to the first question, to kind of reset their minds, right, and be with their peers and uh, refresh and rejuvenate and re-strategize. And so maybe they can come and just press pause for a second and uh, and, and come uh, with open minds to listen and think about new things. You know Right now, I, th- I think we're all stressed. right? We're all overwhelmed. We all have so much going on, and it's really hard to learn in that headspace, right? And so I would say, let's just let's just come and be ready to engage and be ready to be open-minded and, and think about new things. Uh, I hope that they they leave the conference, at least after my session, um, able to kind of dream about the future again and dream about what could be
1: and then how to create teams to go achieve those things. We really appreciate you taking time out of your day. We know you have a lot going on and jumping on here with us and speaking to our Young Agents group. Um, any last remarks before we see you next week at our conference?
0: Oh, I can't believe it's next week. You know, it's like when you say yes to something like this, it's like, oh, so far in advance, you know, and it's, we're here. it's yeah. next week. Yeah. Well,
2: we're lucky I'm going to be there next week because I thought it was the next week. So uh-huh, there you go. about four days ago, I had a little bit of a panic attack knowing that it's the fourth and fifth and not the eighth and ninth.
0: Yeah, so. yeah.
1: Well, good.
2: Yeah, um, right?
0: Yeah. No, I'm, I'm looking forward to being with you guys, and thanks for inviting me here today.
2: Thank you so much for coming again. Um, all right, Oklahoma Young Agents, you are not going to want to miss this year's conference. It is October 4th and 5th in downtown Tulsa at the Tulsa Club Hotel. Registration is still open. As of yesterday, there are over 110 signed up for the conference. Please do not miss out on your chance to attend, learn, and grow.
1: We would be remiss to not congratulate Shania on winning 2022 Young Agent State Liaison at the National Young Agents Conference that was held at Niagara Falls. She's a driving force for our Young Agents Committee, and we are sure happy for her and her accomplishments. When you see her at the conference or at any of the multitude of events she attends, make sure to let her know how much you appreciate her. There are a few other events happening around the state. Be sure to find those on our calendar at ya or at the Young Agents of Oklahoma Facebook group. Thanks for following along and make sure to share our show with your coworkers and colleagues. See you soon on the next Oklahoma Young Agents show.